right. Welcome, confidants, my sweet, smart, international confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. And I am so excited to bring in this week's guest. You might have seen her on TikTok. She is a 24-year-old counseling psychologist from Delhi, India. That's right, baby. We're going even more international. We're spending all the way to India, uh, who's found her footing as a creator on TikTok. She has a BA of psychology honors. She went to the University of Bath for her MSc of applied clinical psychology and an MA in clinical psychology. I'm so excited to welcome Devija. Welcome to the podcast. I almost got it right. I was very close. (laughs) This time it's it sounds good. <laughs> Can you pronounce your name the proper way? Well, I'm nervous now to pronounce oh. my name. <laughs> it's Divija. Divija. Okay. I, yeah. told, I said before we started recording, I'm like the Southern person in me just always wants to add another little accent line to it. But I left Florida a long time ago, so there's no fucking excuse. Um, Thank you so much for joining. I'm actually a really big fan of your content. I've seen you all over the internet, and I think what you're doing, A, is so badass because you are 24, and you're already so lettered in your uh, expertise, and that you're also creating content. Some people might know you from your TikTok name or your YouTube or Instagram name, which is the Awkward Goat. Three. Can you tell me where that came from? Um, I'm really awkward. You might notice on the podcast, so that's why awkward. And my dogs used to look like goats because they had long ears. And three because one and two were taken. <laughs> so awkward goat one and two. Are you friends with them? Do we even know who they are? Should we like? No. I love it. Um, and so tell me if this is right. There was a ban on TikTok on the app in June of 2020, and that's kind of what forced you to switch over to doing more Instagram stuff. Is that is it still banned in India? Yeah, unfortunately. Like, it's really sad, but we have to live with it. Is there, like, an explanation as to why? Um, I think it's because of some tension with China. Like, mm. some stuff happened, and, like, it's all political, so... Yeah. Well, this is not a political podcast, thank yeah. God. So we're just, we're, but I remember seeing a bunch of your stuff on TikTok. And um, I thought what was really interesting about what you do is like you kind of own the name, like uh, Awkward Goat. Like, I'm not afraid to share that, like, what you do and what I, being you, in psychology mm-hmm. do is like very relatable and very human. And what made you want to start creating content? even though you have all these degrees and can very easily go off and, you know, work in the professional corporate world of of mental health. So um, I just started in the lockdown for fun. Like I'm a really shy and awkward person. And I think I just did that to get out of my shell. And I started like sending my friends my videos just for fun. (laughs) And then like, since I got a little confident, I was like, let me just post it on TikTok because not many people that I knew were there on TikTok. Mm. So it was like easy for me to not get judged by people that I know. And then I started <laughs> getting followers. So I was like, okay, I'm not so bad at it. And yeah. Not so bad is right. <laughs> um, and I mean, this this podcast is called Confidently Insecure. So like you're welcome to be as awkward as you, you'd like here. I think a lot of our followers can relate to that. But your job is so 
based, you know, in, in the mental health field, what called you to that frame of work? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would just uh, watch TikToks and they, I would think of psychology and mental health and just like culture, all of this. And I would connect it to the trends. So I was like, okay, like it's an automatic thing for me to just think of things while watching like these TikToks, which are fun. So I was yeah. like, let me just put it into that. And um, so that people find it relatable and it's not too preachy and boring. You know, like nobody right. wants to be told they're thinking in the wrong way. Right. But if it's a trend, then... Yeah, it'll just go into their head. They won't even realize it. Yeah, it's a little more accessible. Yeah. And then, so had you already gone to school for psychology before you started making your content? So I had already finished my first master's. So I was already like, um, according to the law in India, I was already a psychologist, but I hadn't like worked under a psychologist. I was completing my second master's when I started making the videos. And my plan was just to get a job after that. But then, uh, so instead of that, I interned another, under another psychologist, learned how to do therapy. And now I'm doing therapy and content creation. Wow. Casual. Just getting her second <laughs> master's, also making content, which is a full-time job. Like, what the fuck is my excuse? I've constantly thought about going back to school for doing something maybe in social work or, you know, mental health, since that's kind of like mm-hmm. my entire life. But it just, the... The aspect of going back to school seems like a detriment to my mental health in itself. (laughs) I can understand because I was planning to study more, but now I don't feel like, because I feel like I'm independent now and I don't want to go back to that place of, you know, like school is not independent, at least in India, like outside India it is, but not in India. Yeah. Well, I'd I'd love to talk more about that. I kind of mentioned before we started recording is that I'm becoming, I mean, I'm developing the show about what makes one country or one culture happier than the other, right? Like, I think it's safe to say everyone in the world thinks of Americans as pretty fucked up, like pretty anxious <laughs> and pretty like driven by pills and alcohol. And like, you know, we have more people going to therapy than ever, which I think is awesome. But like, I think yeah. that that's kind of the lens of the the viewpoint of America. Am I, am I right to say that? Or, or am I being just a little self-critical? It's a little critical, like, but yeah, you're kind of right. Like maybe if you ask the average person in India, they would probably agree. Right. And there's, so there's, I, what I've discovered in my like research is that there are certain countries that just have overall mental health statistics are like trash, especially after the pandemic. It's like, you know, I see, we saw it a lot even before the pandemic in places like Japan, um, some places that you hear stats of being like the happiest are like Swedish and Mm -hmm. and, um, Dutch countries. But where does India lie in like the mental health spectrum? Okay, um, I think it lies in the place where there is no research, like nobody knows because there's not enough funding. Nobody Mm -hmm. really cares much about mental health now it's changing mm. but um, yeah like we don't really know because there's not much research but mm. I can tell there's a lot of uh, mental health problems here mm. and is that why you left to go to Bath to get your degree because you were like there ain't enough for mm. me here to do 
so i went outside india for myself like my personal self because i wanted to see what it's like to study abroad and um, and also like i wanted to learn something new that other people wouldn't learn in our country and i wanted to come back like i never planned to stay there forever mm. so i just wanted a different perspective on psychology yeah. so that yeah that's literally what i'm trying to do with this show is like i'm trying to like for all the non industry people it's basically like you develop an idea with a production company and then if by 800 miracles happen in a line and the stars are just perfectly correct, they actually let you go and shoot the show. And my goal with this show is it would be international. And so we'd go and travel to these places. But then at the core of like our format is I would love like a mental health advocate from each of the countries to kind of have this round table to talk about hmm. like how growing up in our environment affects us differently. And like, hey, maybe you'll be the one from India. I don't know. That, that would be amazing. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put up, I'll definitely put your name down on our, our deck. Um, but like for me, and this might be a very idealistic white woman way of thinking of India. (laughs) Like I imagine it's like your religion plays a big aspect of it. Like there's a cultural aspect of becoming more informed of the mind and body connection through just like religious practice. Like, is that true or am i just being like offensively stereotypical (laughs) this is a stereotype but it is true like for the general population but the thing is that uh, people who seek therapy in india for now are really rich and privileged and they don't really belong to the average indian Mm. setup so Mm. like my clients are not usually very religious and what you're talking about wouldn't apply like they would actually be like the white people it'll be kind of similar (laughs) But yeah, it yeah. would apply to like the average Indian who yeah. doesn't seek therapy and does not yeah. know much about mental health. I don't I know don't what the stat of like Americans who do therapy is, but I would say, I would guess it's still less people do therapy than people who do therapy. Would you say that's similar in India? Oh, oh yeah, like no, like barely anyone goes to therapy, and it's just wow. coming up. Like people are just getting to know. And when I say yeah. people, I mean just the rich people, not <laughs> like the average Indian. Yeah, and where do you think that's coming from? Like I know for us, it's more like a revolution of the youth being like, "Hey, your parents are fucked up, you guys are fucked up, and like we don't want to end up fucked up, and like we should talk about our feelings." Like that's where I feel <laughs> like it's being driven from here. What about you guys? Yeah, I think it's the same. Like people are realizing that a lot of our parenting practices are quite um, wrong, mm. to say it politely. Mm. So um, that's how I think they're breaking cycles. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're kind of being the one. Of course, we're the ones that are like, all right, I guess we'll break your intergenerational trauma for <laughs> for you guys. Um, <laughs> we and, do all and, the work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I, I wonder too, like when I, and again, I might be painfully white girling myself right now, but this is the podcast where we do these things. Um, I, I when I think of like India's it, culturally, I think of like, again, maybe like ritualistic practice too, like mindfulness or meditation being taught earlier in life, like 
we never got that ever growing up. That was something that's very new and like very stolen. Don't get me wrong. Like that's some shit we stole and like threw a green juice price on and was like, come learn the way of the East. And like, you know, I, I myself use a lot of Ayurvedic practices in my chronic pain rituals and I find it to be really helpful. And I'm kind of like, God, do I just need to go like eat, pray, love away to India for a while? And that will solve all my problems. Or is that just, again, like kind of tunnel vision of like wellness culture there? Yeah. I mean, um, we're not really taught meditation per se. It's more of a religious take on it. I mm. mean, average people, I mean, like we're told to, um, sing songs related to God. So that is kind of like mindfulness because we have to like concentrate on those words and right. it's like grounding. It's kind of like a grounding technique if you think yeah, about it. Totally. But, it's, but we're not told that it's a mental health thing. Like it's just because of uh, God and like religion. So in fact, when you're talking about it now, I realize that it's actually mindfulness. But like if you ask me generally like, oh, is there any mindfulness or like meditation in your day-to-day cultural thing like no it's not wow yeah Yeah. because like i think we we see people travel to the east and like bring back what they've learned right and a lot of it is like based in yoga like is yoga as big as the white women who come back from india say it is (laughs) oh yeah like it is quite big here i mean we used to get forced in school to do yoga i used to hate it no i don't mind it Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So I got forced to do yoga in school in college for an acting class. And I was like, this is stupid. What does this have to do with acting? But they're like, you have to get more in touch with your body. But like, how early are you guys learning yoga? As soon as we start school, like uh, in the morning assembly, at least in my school, we had to do yoga and I absolutely hated it. What did you hate about it? I don't know. I felt like they're forcing me to move my body in a way that I don't want to. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was like a rebellion against mm. my own culture or something like that. I don't yeah. know what it was. But I really didn't like it. Wow, you know, that's so like, funny. It doesn't make sense why I didn't like it if I think about it now. Well, that's but... childhood entirely, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, why did I do that? Oh, it's yeah. embarrassing to look back. And do you do you do yoga now? No. <laughs> but like, I tried like I try to do it, but I feel like it's just not my thing. Like it's yeah. too too peaceful for me. Like it's a little boring. <laughs> what do you find are like the the modalities you turn to for mental health self care? So like I like to work out, but like those fifteen minute workouts you get on YouTube, like Chloe thing, that kind yes, of yes, love that. Yeah. And is so, that something you found changed during the pandemic? Like was there a bigger focus on health and wellness for yourself? For me. Yeah. yeah. So like I had never worked out or cared about working out ever in my entire life, but I started working out in the yeah. pandemic because I had time and I lost like 10 kilos. Just I don't know what out. kilos are. We use pounds like idiots over oh. here. We're the only ones that don't use <laughs> kilos I oh, think okay how do I <laughs> it was a Let's lot see. of weight yeah got it got it and and did you find that like where you are in Delhi what was there to walk me through like how the pandemic sort of affected your clientele or people that were actively you know talking in therapy about the pandemic mm-hmm. Um, I only started working in the pandemic, so I don't know like what the difference mm. would be from before and after. But um, my clients didn't really have 
issues related directly to the pandemic it was more about like having to stay with the parents now because they had to come back home mm. and that was annoying for them like difficult <laughs> to deal with so yeah. that is one thing that was very common in all of my yeah. and do you find that like cuz you've got such a a spread of like where you got your degrees from what type of like psychology do you practice or use with your clients so um i have like an eclectic approach i don't just follow one but Love that. um it's kind of like cbt based but then like i change it according to the client because mm-hmm. it depends like for example like if a client is someone who believes in god and uh wants you know cbt wouldn't really work directly for them i would have to include like some practices that would come from our culture and like things that would resonate with them more because mm-hmm. cbt is kind of like a white people thing yes and, like <laughs> we are also taught the white version of it so mm-hmm. you know like and also like the concept of making boundaries like that's also a white people thing we can't yeah. really do that in our culture it's kind of impossible if you live with your parents and they control right. every aspect of your life wow. so like i have to adapt it according to the person wow i never considered that to be like it really is such a like a backhanded luxury because like for me <laughs> boundaries are very hard to create because i'm a people pleaser and i want oh, to like say yes to everything <laughs> yeah right it's like okay and i'm conflict averse i i don't do i cry if someone yells at me like i instantly like as soon as i get angry i cry it's just a it's been a problem i've had my whole life but okay. I, i never considered like the the religious aspect because religion is so tied into the culture from what i understand in india not the way america is it's more tied into our politics i think than it should be sure, but like let's not talk about <laughs> yes again this is not a political podcast but i i wonder does what are the limitations that maybe religion or culture places on people um that you see in your city or town that we might not think about like is for us it's a big thing of like god should be able to help you and it's shameful if you can't get help through god or you're not trying hard enough or like you're not praying hard enough or whatever um it's not like that in our religion so it's not i don't we don't really uh, focus so much on sin and stuff like i think mm. you would do yes. more <laughs> thing big time so, but then like uh, we have like weird cultural practices that might be sexist like really sexist or really problematic and controlling and then we attribute it to god like um for example if you do something like if i'm wearing like there's this concept called sanskari here mm. which mm. means that um, if you're unsanskari which is like not sanskari then you're going against our culture against our religion against mm. our dharm i don't know dharm is like um our principles ah. now i know what you're thinking kelsey when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots well did you forget that i was raised in florida are you forgetting i'm a little country girl by heart i even wore my tacovas recently when i went on a ski trip with my family to colorado i wore my white tacovas when i went to the taylor swift concert and if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon uh might i remind you that beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some tacovas tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair 
heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Our uh-huh. principles are really connected to our religion. Yeah. So in that sense, like if I, if I, for example, tell my client to make boundaries and, um, you know, have some space between themselves and the parents, that's like going against our culture and our values. Wow. So, yeah. So I can't really just tell them to do that because no. their parents will just kick them out then. Right. Yeah. And that'll cause more problems. Like there's no, yeah. there's no, it seems like family dynamic is a big yeah. part of therapy there. Really? Uh, yeah. Like most of therapy is about that, at least with my clients. Yeah. I think, I think so here too. Like um, something I noticed when I first got into the mental health field is like, 50% of the time, the therapist always wanted to go back to talking about my childhood upbringing. My sweet, sweet confidants. I just had to take a quick second, pause on the pod, one real quick second, just to talk about my most favorite thing, which is therapy, with my most favorite company, which is BetterHelp. Y'all know I am constantly preaching about BetterHelp, which is an online therapy app website you can download right now and get matched with a licensed professional counselor in under 24 hours because I truly, truly believe in it. I use it every single week. Shout out to my therapist, Kim. And I also do couples therapy from it. It has made my life so much more manageable during this pandemic. And I want all of my confidants to be able to have that accessibility and affordability, which is why I love BetterHelp because it is more affordable than traditional counseling and on other online competitors. And they deal with all sorts of things like anger issues, LGBT, family life, uh, sexuality, relationships, sleeping, trauma, you name it. BetterHelp is there for you. And I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash C. I, you're going to join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health when you go to betterhelp.com slash CI. And there comes a point where at some point I have to stop blaming my parents or, you know, for everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's more like action focused. Like, okay, what can I do as a person to not perpetuate that conditioning mm-hmm. or whatever and move past Like, what can I do actively now today to be different? But it seems like when there's family still involved, like you're not necessarily like free from your legacy, like your culture, your family. That seems to be so much a part of the identity. Um, And I wonder like how you, I, I assume... And tell me if I'm wrong. You're not necessarily telling people to like revolutionize and leave their family and throw everything no, behind and like start a new it's life. Not possible. Like we're not, we, we don't do that. Like till 
till we die like we take care of our parents and we stay with them so like wow. we never leave our family mostly like right we yeah. do we're truly like bye <laughs> yeah, good you luck you guys just leave like in college we don't do that we come back home wow really yeah and there's like we can't really live away from our parents till we get married and when we get married we have to stay with them so <sighs> the concept of live in relationships is not it is a thing yeah. but like only like with some people it's not yeah. the majority and i have to assume like you being young and you being a woman in this field like how is that different from maybe say like an older male psychologist in your field that's not a thing we don't have male psychologists in Wait, india not what? much so like we do but then the thing is that our, uh, our education system is such that they think that this field is like a women's job thing. yeah so like psychology is only offered in all girls colleges mostly and like there's very few colleges for like a um, co education like boys and girls yeah so um guys end up not going and like in my class i was in a co-ed college which means like boys and girls both and i had like three guys out of 63 people in the class so oh my gosh yeah and even then they end up doing something else they don't really it's very rare to see i think right. now it will change yeah but it's it's quite real what are like your hopes you know you're 24 you got a lot <laughs> of life ahead of you what are your hopes to like see this perfect how to see this profession change where you live so uh, i really want there to be like stricter laws that the laws are kind of there but like nobody cares about them we have like random people who are not qualified just doing therapy and calling it therapy and no one cares like we can't hold them accountable wow. and like um, nobody respects us mm. even the people in the field don't respect each other there's mm. no uh, regulation there's no certification so like after wow. i do my masters i become a psychologist but like i don't really have any experience so i had to mm. actively go and get the experience right so that means that there's people out there without experience calling themselves therapists and just doing therapy right. out of thin air nowhere yeah yeah <laughs> wow and like what what are the- how can what do we need to do to make that change so i actually made a video about like i went on a rant about this there's a lot of things we need to do first of all we need to have proper laws set in place and like they only um, recognize clinical psychologists which are like after you do this one particular degree but then there's people calling themselves clinical psychologists even without that degree wow so that law needs to be stronger and yeah. they need to we need psychology to be offered in more institutions like right. very few places offer it that also mostly girls yeah so, that yeah. that to me is i'm like still trying to wrap my head around like <laughs> this being i i understand of course why it's seen as a feminine profession you're talking about your feelings it's emotional yeah. it's like oh my god it's bullshit but it, i get it you know i don't like it but i get it but to me it, in america it's a highly respected job you know therapist social worker you know licensed counselor that is a lot of titles yes yes and then like the psychology and psychologists or psychiatrists excuse me they can make so much money like i don't know a psychologist and psychiatrist in los angeles who is not fucking loaded and living in like a very nice house and like do you ever want to say like fuck this place i'm gonna go like become a billionaire in america doing this job because we need more yeah. of that <laughs> i really wanted to do that like in the beginning 
but like i don't know i felt like coming back like i just knew that i don't belong there i don't know mm. it's just me i wanted to be with my parents again the culture yeah. family thing well it, that's what yeah. that's what fascinates me so is like your upbringing in the environment taught you these certain values and morals and it's like probably healthy to a degree that we don't have right like we we really just can abandon our families and like choose our own people which is healthy yeah, I think that's great too, but I think also we don't really like respect our elders here. That's not like mm. a, a thing and like I don't have grandparents, so I uh, I'm okay. just kind of like I don't but know. But then at the same time like in our culture it's the other extreme and like we have to respect all elders. Like I don't agree personally. I don't agree with that. Like you should respect people who respect you. It doesn't matter what their age is. So, but I feel like that's a little too prog- progressive maybe yeah, for Yeah, sure right now sure so like but, let's say yeah. someone right now in like the city of delhi or new delhi like they they feel depressed and it's obviously like clinical depression or maybe they're having like panic attacks or maybe even something a little bit more um hard to manage like bipolar or psychosis what does that look like for the average person like in terms of how to get treatment or help or they will mostly uh, unless and until it's like so extreme that they do something like very extreme Mm -hmm. everybody will just see it as a normal thing and Mm. like think that they are just angry like mania oh that's not a thing nobody knows what Mm. mania is I mean like they'll just be like oh this is normal he's an angry man that kind of thing Uh. and they won't really ever get help and if they do they might end up going to some kind of religious person who will mm. like there's there's a lot of weird practices in certain parts of our country where like they'll take a broom and hit the person and the <laughs> and like superstitious uh stuff yeah. like this is quite yeah. common not in the urban section but like sure. in the rural areas from what i've yeah. heard and like when i worked uh, with in a hospital i heard right. a lot about these things so wow we have yeah. a form of that, like exorcism, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> religious, like throwing the spiritual waters on people, and it's yeah. like, or you get locked in like an asylum, and you know your rights are kind of taken from you. You don't, or you don't Do you know still your have rights. Asylum? Then I guess the word is an asylum. It's like, what's the word? What's the word for like an asylum? I'm asking my boyfriend. I'm like, what's the word we? It's not asylum necessarily, but it's like an inpatient residential mental health facility they make it sound fancy but like you can find like like, horrific yeah it's horrific like there were so many news unless you're in like a big city with a lot of money where you can afford a really nice one like Mm. these middle of nowhere places i've like seen some of them and the the guy who was like the receptionist at the front told me like more of the employees need to be locked up here than the patients themselves and i'm like why would you tell me that? Like, don't tell me that. Figure that shit out, you guys. What the fuck? Like, it, it's, it, I, well, I think what I'm gathering is like every country has their thing, right? Like, yeah. it's, there's no one who's doing it way better. It just seems like we're further along uh, culturally in the acceptance of getting help, right? Yeah, like not with the disorders and clinical part of it, maybe. I think that might be similar for both of our yes. cultures. Yes. But like in general, getting help, maybe I think it's more common there. Yeah. Than here. Now, what about like medication treatment? 
in India. I know. I'm, I keep asking you about India, which is like, the, how the fuck are you supposed okay. to give me like a general answer for all of the country? But Delhi, yeah. let's say, like, what would you oh. see, you know, in terms of like medication management? Is that even like a thing? Again, um, depend- if you're rich and aware, then yeah, even in the rich, not all the rich people would go and get help. Also, the psychiatrists in India, from my personal experience of hearing about my client stories, they're quite judgmental themselves. Like mm. a lot of my clients have had bad experiences uh, with psychiatrists and like I have been looking for one to get on my team and even I have not been able to find one because all of them are really judgmental or mm. they'll say some really weird stuff to them and, you know, just invalidate their experiences. Ooh, yeah. So even to get that help, even if you want to, it's quite difficult. Like unless yeah. until you know a really good one, even the good ones can be bad. So Right. Yeah. It's 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 already hard enough to find a psychiatrist and then I have to imagine like finding one that's good for you. It, it's a process. Yeah. I, I tell yeah. people that all the time. I'm like, medication management is a fucking process <laughs> that t- can take years, you know, finding the right doctor that you trust. And you only learn that by having doctors you don't trust and trying yeah. medications you don't like. Um, yeah. But back to you, like what... <laughs> As you, as you know, as you've moved off of TikTok and you're doing more Instagram and um, even YouTube stuff, like, what do you want to continue to do to further the messaging that you already so, you know, eloquently do? Like, what, what do you hope for yourself in your own career? Sounds like you're building a team, more people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, um, I mean, that's just my personal thing, like, uh, because I want to not take too many sessions and I'd rather like spread more awareness because I feel Mm. like I can get people on my team and I can teach them how to do it well and not be judgmental but and I feel like that takes up a lot of my time like taking sessions so personally (laughs) I would rather work on the content creation part of it because I get more happiness out of that I have realized that very recently yeah so um I I don't really like to talk about like anxiety and depression per Mm. se I like to talk about the problems in our culture that Mm. nobody talks about so because that is directly connected to our mental health and nobody realizes that so like I I like to talk about that in a fun and like relatable way so of course nobody feels attacked right but still (laughs) but that seems like a new role we've developed like in the mental health space right it's like if you can't or don't want to be, or don't have access to get those degrees where, you know, I don't know that I would ever want to like have sessions with people if I were a psychologist anyway, either, but Hmm. there's like this new field of just mental health advocacy. And then to have the letter degrees that you do just gives you more, you know, respect. Yeah. Honestly, to be able to say like, I know what I'm talking about. And this is kind of, it really is a full-time job. I mean, when you were talking about going to get your second, I was like, oh my God, I don't know how you're doing (laughs) that. But like, it only became like a full-time job, like recently, because only now I've taken it up as a career. Again, like it's not a very common thing in India. No, content creation. It's become now slowly because of the pandemic and Instagram reels. But again, it's an obscure, both of my careers are obscure. Like people don't really, nobody encourages people to become psychologists or content creators. Then what keeps you doing it? Like, what's the drive? What's the motivation? Um, I don't know. I'm just like a creative person. So for that, like the content creation part makes me feel happy. And yeah. also like, I don't know. I've always been really um, intensely uh, passionate about like mental health awareness because 
in my family there have been a lot of people who needed help and they mm. took help and they got mm. better so i've seen it happen in my childhood so yeah. i know that it does make a difference it's not all like mumbo jumbo like no. people might believe it's not yeah. a, it's just it's not nothing yeah so, yeah that's amazing you're i think you're amazing. i hope i would love to make the show i would love to have you on it i'm just manifesting that i'm just putting that shit out there in the world because i think what you're doing is so bold and brave and like cool and important and like you're paving your own way to say like i'm not abandoning people you know either yeah. like you could easily just get up and leave and fucking do this in a, in yeah, a, in a city that respects it more or like you know well, takes I get the paid help more. yeah you get paid more but like that's also a thing like you don't really get much money in india being a psychologist if you work wow. in a hospital it's really less like ridiculously less wow and it, i wonder are those jobs like do is that a, a are there a lot of jobs like that or is it kind of hard to get a job no. in that field or are they like needing more or they they need more but they're they don't have positions because they don't care enough like right. we need a lot of psychologists in india but yeah. they don't pay and there are they don't put out job positions so so, so we are yeah <laughs> well it's also well it makes perfect sense how you've ended up doing what you do because it's like well look at my options you guys gave me yeah. i'm gonna make my own thing <laughs> exactly that's exactly i think that's one of another reason why i want to like why i'm doing all of this because i yeah. don't want to just be working in a hospital unhappy with my job not making any difference to the yeah. society or anything or earning any money like money is also really important to me right so yeah i'm not going to like be like no i'm only doing this for the betterment of the society right it's both right. the things for me absolutely and we love that yeah. honesty like let's be real i love that yeah yeah i well, need to like eat <laughs> <laughs> there is that one basic like human need that I think yeah. you gotta like maintain in order to be a good mental health advocate. So I think you're doing exactly. a great job. Well, you're inspiring the hell out of people. I know that for sure, not only in your own country, but for sure you're inspiring me as well. Um, can you tell us where people can follow you and keep up with everything that you're doing? You can follow me on Instagram at awkwardgo3 and the same handle on YouTube. I'm trying to be a little more um, active on YouTube. Amazing. And I lost your video for a second, but it says video is still being recorded. So it was also like gone in the middle. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we're just we're so zen. We're just going through the process. We're trusting yeah, I was like, that it'll happen. We're that we're gonna we we made a podcast. We did a whole episode. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Devi, just so much for doing this. I really appreciate your insight. I hope we keep in touch. And if you ever find yourself out in LA, hit me up. Yeah, definitely. All right, confidants. Thanks so much for listening this week. If you would like to rate this five stars on iTunes, we always appreciate it. If you're not going to rate it five stars, please don't rate it at all because I am sensitive. Speaking of sensitive, I know there is a sale going on on the merch on Thought Catalog all the way up until November 29th. And this episode comes out on the 29th. So you got one more day to use all those promo codes, baby. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.